0: And Ian Harris. It's episode one one seven for the second of October two thousand nine.
1: James, how you doing? Well, I'm very well, Ian, thank you. A little bit nasal, I think a little, little too much change in the weather going on here. Hope it's not the old piggy flu, but... Uh, uh, and which, which country are you in today? I'm in the United Kingdom. Uh, so lovely place, you? Uni- Yeah, it's actually uh, doesn't seem too bad, but uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> a bit dry, and you're in the uh, sunny US of A. Um, I'm in uh, San Diego, having
0: just been to the uh, Motorola Video, U- Video Network's users group, which uh, has been very interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a beautiful day every day in San Diego. They tell me so.
1: So, what's captured as a video user group? Is that someone who kind of? Why I, I watch video? I don't use it. It's <laughs> it a video network. So it's all the, uh, all the Motorola
0: side of things that does uh, video play out, encoding, uh, distribution. Okay. So it's
1: like uh, a, a brief about all the stuff they do and
0: mm. stuff. Yeah. What's on the roadmap? Okay. What's happening? Very interesting you there. Because, uh, I mean, as you know, in the US, uh, pretty much everyone either uses, uses Cisco or yeah. uses Motorola. And uh, Motorola is used almost pretty much exclusively for satellite uplinks as well. So uh, it's always good to know what's happening. Uh, by one of the
1: major major guys, mm. so this is kind of them telling the cable guys what they're getting.
0: Yeah, and you know, getting feedback from the cable guys as well in terms of what they want, um, what uh, what features really matter to them. Um, oh, really? Demos of
1: new products, and yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So yeah, it's quite a lot just, of people there. Then is it big, big event?
0: Yeah, a few hundred people. Um, oh, okay. From uh, all over the US, and.
1: Uh, Lots you you're a token European. Was, wasn't no, you're yeah. not even European, are you, really? <laughs> you <laughs> tell me you're British. Is that the, uh, well, technically, I am British, but... Uh, indeed, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm the... Uh, I'm but the you, have a, you have a strange German accent, right? Let's see. <laughs> anyway, anyway, this isn't On The Couch podcast. This is... Uh, in fact, this is. This is Couch 117. 117. And we're going to be talking about... Apart from in, uh, and Motorola in San Diego, we're going to talk about business, um, technology... And a content, bit of, delivery?
0: Uh, content delivery, content uh, delivery, some uh, what's happening in the world of mobile technology and uh, gaming,
1: uh-huh. and, and then uh, a little bit of other stuff, but not a lot. <laughs> so bags of news. Uh, so indeed, um, sticking with the US of A, a um, mm-hmm. couple of rumors on the street, um, as well as I, I heard like Directv was maybe going to be bought by Verizon or AT and T. That's gone a bit quiet. Mm. Um I mean, but you've got a story here about Comcast maybe buying NBC? Yeah, right? no, we, oh. we
0: were t- talking last week about Comcast buying someone. Mm. And the latest rumor, and uh, I must stress it is definitely a rumor, is that uh, NBC Universal might be their target. Mm. Uh, and I mean, it uh, it fits with, with their aims uh, for wanting to get more control over the content that they're actually playing out and being mm. able to uh, get more exclusivity. Um, and uh, you know Comcast have has a, have had a pretty pretty long reputation of you know if they if something's important to them then they want to have control over it uh, from a business yeah, perspective. And I
1: guess Vivendi wants. More importantly, Vivendi wants to sell NBC Universal. Yeah, they, so, so
0: they've just decided that's suddenly that's uh, not a core asset anymore. So that kind of opens mm. it up for for being sold.
1: Mind you, it says Vivendi. It says uh, NBC Universal's majority owners are a General Electric or GE. Bizarrely. Mm, I mean, if you know, occasionally in, in um, sort of industry magazines, you get those kind of maps of who owns who, mm-hmm. and inevitably everybody owns a bit of everyone else. Uh, yeah, it all is it's always very distributed, isn't it? I really think the car industry is the most incestuous, but <laughs> broadcasting is, is pretty similar because I guess if you're operating a platform, you've got to have some leverage. If, mm-hmm. you know, if your competitor owns some good channels, then you're in trouble unless you can trade mm-hmm. with them a bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, so it's like so
1: many things in life, like it's a game. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Indeed. Um, so, that's a bit short on the business news, really, but loads <laughs> of other stuff. <laughs> loads of other stuff. So, um, we've got, uh,
0: got some information on, on B-Sky B's plans for 3D, which uh, they're pushing it pretty hard in the UK. They're saying, this is what's going to happen. We're going to be delivering it in 2010, uh, mm. and we're going to lead the way.
1: Yeah, although I mean, I have heard that I think one of the terrestrial channels here is going to do some um, like, you know, there's different ways of transmitting HD uh, Mm -hmm. where you obviously have to wear the glasses, but there's as well as the sort of anaglyptic is where you have typically the sort of red and cyan shaded Mm -hmm. colors, but you can get some which are kind of, I think they just do a slight chroma shift. All right. Uh, So they're going to be transmitting some content which has this chroma shift, which you can't uh, if you've got the glasses, you see 3D and if you haven't got the glasses, you don't. But it, wow, it doesn't mess cool. with the. It doesn't kind of mess with what you look at. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's uh, quite interesting. But yeah, it's, it's definitely things are hotting up. I mean, obviously they've got to get the content, so that's important for them to uh, find out how to do that. Um, and then that's kind seen, of a habit. Um, yeah, because there is none. I mean, you can't. <laughs> you can't. Uh, it's not like you know you can make HD by just digitizing film. You can't. Uh, I mean, no, you can do really expensive processing. I don't know if you've seen any of the. Um, Star Wars they'd someone actually spent it's like a million dollars a minute to wow. recreate Star Wars in 3D where you do you know massive computering analysis yeah. of what the scenes are and, but, uh, uh, I
0: mean a lot of the animated features can be redone in 3D quite easily so well quite easily inverted
1: commas um, well you can re-render them essentially <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is why we're seeing a lot of um, the animated stuff coming out in yeah, 3D so right in fact Toy stuff. Story
0: 1 is actually coming out in 3D oh, right. Um, which is interesting. Um, so we had a demo of uh, some HD technology here at the, uh, the Motorola uh, users uh-huh. group. And it was actually it was the first time I'd seen uh, this method of doing it. So this is actually with active glasses. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, they weren't actually they as have... big as, and chunky as I'd imagine. They are actually quite <laughs> thin and quite small.
1: Um, but you still look like Rick Moranis or something uh, like
0: that. You do look from... kind of a bit geeky, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the way they worked is that they synchronised the frames with an infrared transmitter on the front of the television. Yeah. So the television was a yeah. normal television was producing uh, 1080p60 and every second frame it was telling the glasses which, you know, which eye to open and close.
1: So you still got half the light, I suppose, but yeah, yeah. But yeah. So but looks, worked, what, what
0: content were you were you looking at? So it had some uh, American football. I had some. Uh, I think it was a it was a U two concert, um, and it looked it looks good. It looked, it looked nice. Yeah, the U two so.
1: concert is supposed to be one of the best bits out there at the moment. I must say, from what I've heard, I haven't seen it, but yeah, just looking across the
0: uh, oh the crowd jumping up and down and uh, yeah. you know, it looks
1: it's quite compelling. And certainly, there's there's a bit of an argument going around at the moment about three D. Is it going to be the certainly the I've seen some data recently that it's really kind of saving the box office in the U S oh, really? uh, while there's been a decline in, in attendance, the actual revenues going up. So the profits are mm-hmm. going up because people are willing to pony up an extra 30, 40% of the 3d right. version. Right. Um, and certainly I saw that when I was in LA last people were queuing up to watch up around the block and all this stuff. Um, and uh, there's a, I think that something you picked up here was kind of saying that people aren't going to be willing to pay more for content. Yeah, so you
0: know, in a recent in home, though, survey, yeah, in a recent survey by Instat, uh, they found that people would quite like three D, but only if they don't have to pay
1: for it. <laughs> Which, well, um, yeah. it depends on how they ask the question, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean that's true. The example, the I suppose, serves. is like your, um, you mentioned there about Toy Story One. I mean, mm-hmm. that's clearly if they made that in three D, there's crying out for packaged media. It's got to go back onto Blu-ray, absolutely but you know there's some standards got to sort out you've got to buy I and mean, this was said want to spend $200 or less on the new TV I mean they're having a <laughs> laugh aren't they I mean yeah.
0: Uh, and it's kind of a slight problem because, you know, we've had this big shift from um, CRTs like mine uh, to flat screens yes. and, and HD. <laughs> and, um, but
1: you're going to hold out now, aren't you? I'm, well, I'm you get just, the it's a classic, my one.
0: Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Collectors. And, and if, you're, um, if you're now being expected to pony up more cash in order to be able to do 3D, it's like, well, hang on, I've just bought my first television in, you know, five, yeah, ten
1: years. I think my naive angle here was if you've got one that does, you know, uh, 1080p 60. Mm-hmm. Then you should be okay.
0: Well, you should as long as there's a way to synchronise some active glasses with the frame rate on the TV. So if the TV yeah. has a way of plugging in this um, adapter, well,
1: somehow, I think that's what the that's what Sony's going to do with the PlayStation Three. They'll issue a blaster and the specs, Yep. and it'll it'll work that way. So um, a- another interesting thing I saw here was uh, Sony at uh, C-Tech, which is like the Japanese IFA or CS, which has been on this last week mm. in Tokyo. I think. Uh, launched a camera which is, is i don't think it's so much a camera i think it's a lens or a combo of them which can record and the interesting thing i thought here is it can record 3d hd but with one, mm. as it, and this is what I didn't quite understand. It's got one lens on the front and then it splits uh, it up yeah. into two. Yeah, now, uh, I, I, I read this article b-
0: before talking here and I still don't understand how it works because...
1: Yeah, it's you know. very clever. And there's this new word, which I've learned, which I'm mm. sure someone out, who out there is a 3D buff, which is accommodation virgins.
0: Sounds dangerous. I thought was a
1: spelling mistake <laughs> yeah. originally, but if you, if you Wikipedia it... Wow, that's um, a thing this is again some weird psycho It's all psycho visual right that if you record it fast enough and this camera pops the film at, right. at 240 frames per second mm-hmm. but has these two images it kind of messes with your mind and your eyes so right. if you haven't got the glasses on you can still see natural 2d images because it says here oh, yeah. the disparity of the images for left and right eyes are within the range that human eyes can recognize as a blur
0: oh i see right so so it's
1: like you see it's so fast and so normal that your eyes say oh that's that's not just correct right wow that's interesting or something, but it could be cool. that just sounds weird, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> I mean, what, uh, what I was interested in hearing here as well is the, if it's taking, f- uh, taking uh, recordings at 240 frames per second, I mean, one of the great things for, free, for 3D is going to be sports, right? So it's going to be fantastic, yeah. but the, the problem there is that whenever you do sports, you want to be able to replay all the action and slow it down. Now, yes, if you want to do that, yeah. you need to be recording it in the first place at faster than real time. So the challenge there is that uh, you're not just recording one image at real time faster than real time. You're going to have two. Uh, So, I mean, they've already cracked that. It's the whole thing about trick modes, modes, isn't
1: it? Trick modes in 3D. Uh, So maybe 240 frames per second isn't enough. I mean, Mm, I don't know if you've seen any of these TV demos where they say, oh, this is 120 hertz TV, 240 hertz. And they're saying that 240 frames per second represents the limit of the human visual perception. Beyond that, it becomes difficult to detect differences in terms of blur and jerkiness of moving images
0: right I mean two forty frames so a second you, is pretty fast so
1: the, but this is the whole you know the magic of 3 d is that mm. TV is an mm. illusion, mm. and really you're just in 3 d you're just extending the illusion and mm. fooling the mind well, that's very really cool um, so I think that's quite that's quite cool if you think it's cool as well, drop us a line uh, feedback, feedback at on the couch, <laughs> dot fantastic um, meanwhile. Back in 2D land. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, so
0: Time Warner have released a new enhanced TV PVR catch-up service, uh, which, I mean, I kind of like that. It's, it's kind of more marketing, I think, than anything else. But uh, uh, the Chief Strategy Officer, Peter Stern at, at Time Warner, says that uh, it allows subscribers to restart programs if they miss the beginning, which is kind of a standard catch-up service, um, yep. which shows three days after the air date um, and eventually view Fair programs enough. older than three days. Um, but it's kind of in the marketing it's kind of like well if you missed it then you just come back to your PVR and you can watch it even if
1: I guess the, the trick here it. is how you're presenting it though yeah exactly um, I mean is, is this essentially just a, a VOD use case VOD you know, video on demand use case yeah. and is, it, is it not a PVR, PVR catch up type service so it's probably building mm-hmm. on the stuff that Cablevision was doing kind of the network DVR yeah although um, I get,
0: I, I, I mean I don't know from a technology perspective but I get the impression that um uh, they might be actually recording in advance some of the pr- more popular programs are going to get caught up on. Because uh, their research has shown that 80% of people who watch video on the web do so for catching up on missed programs. So if you know what the popular programs are, and then you can record them in advance and then you can say, well, I just happened to record them. But it doesn't say all.
1: here whether these are head-end ones or done in a, a DVR at all. No, so.
0: no, it's not clear on that.
1: But well, at the um, end of the day, you don't care if I'm a DVR user. Yeah, I just want watch care the it I don't care where it exactly. comes from. I mean, exactly. It's irrelevant. It's just like, oh, can I watch it? Yes or no? And then it's just frustrating (laughs) that you can't watch it. Yep, exactly. Um, So, interesting stuff there. Mm. Um,
0: And now you've got something on, like, is this a Microsoft tablet? Kind of thing. I think
1: I'm going to move this one down to the other. We'll give a teaser here. Yeah, <laughs> okay. so we'll, well, It'll be in the other category. <laughs> I think I, I decided to move that rather later. So mm-hmm. we're going on to content delivery. So mm-hmm. you just keep on listening, uh, listener. <laughs> we'll find and and a wait till that exciting thing at the end. <laughs> um, now, here in uh, sunny United Kingdom, uh, where we mm-hmm. have a quite an extensive terrestrial TV network called Freeview, it's yep. the, the third incarnation. And there literally are, I don't know, 15... Million set top boxes or something out there. It's probably the largest, largest digital terrestrial network platform. Yeah, it's the largest in the world, but it's pretty big. Mm. Um, Now, what's happened is, as part of the analog switch off program, they've restructured all of the channel numbers. Mm -hmm. um, Which and and they were they sort of. I think they've done a very good job in kind of preparing the market. But inevitably, in any horizontal market, Mm. when you change the specification, a number of the the set top boxes or integrated yep. TVs, won't be able to handle the change yep. because they, they, they weren't maybe tested extensively. There was no dynamic test environment. The best reference was probably just listening to the signal. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, they've been sending, in fact, the interactive apps out to all the boxes saying, look, you're going to have to press this button. You're going to have to retune. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, the people who are... You know, the Freeview is the name, and they, I guess everyone... It must be just a consortium, but they don't actually make money. They just have a publicity and market, public Mm -hmm. relations exercise. Mm -hmm. I put out this release saying it all went really well. Um, The vocal minority is saying, you know, my TV's rubbish, doesn't work anymore. What do I do? And they can just say, well, contact the manufacturer. Um, And of course, in many cases, the manufacturer has gone out of business. Because mm-hmm. it's a bit of a bloodbath out there in the free-to-air <laughs> set-top box <laughs> market. Is, you,
0: you can buy a twenty-pound set to box from Tesco, for example. So yeah,
1: uh, I can't and equally, imagine. they're out of warranty, and there's yeah. no, you know, consumer electronics today. You sell the product, bye-bye. You don't see it again. So I think mm-hmm. uh, we'll see if anything else comes out of this. You know, I don't think we have the same thing in the UK as like you know the class-action lawsuits uh, that might happen in the US, but uh, it's a. Uh, it's an issue with any horizontal platform you know, when you yeah change stuff. That's,
0: that's the challenge because you don't control the bits you know it's
1: uh, yeah yeah I think it's happened a little bit boxes. in the US when they change the you know the v chip stuff in the US about parental ratings mm-hmm. so you know some people are there I think you have a legal obligation to change it and you know there's a there's a balance anyhow let's uh, see if, if you were affected by that mm. uh, certainly yeah, I had some a box at home and it seemed to work pretty well so. so how did you go you've got a BT vision box uh, not, anymore. not anymore that's uh, oh, okay. gathering dust <laughs> Cause
0: uh, <laughs> obviously that's a freebie box, but uh,
1: yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that works. Cause that, uh, I guess, that would have to be retuned as well. I might fire it up. Hmm. I should uh, bring fire it into the office and have a look at it. Yeah. Um, other content stuff. Um, U.S. residents don't want targeted ads. Well, yeah.
0: Now this is interesting because um, a lot of the uh, the arguments about targeted advertising have been um, if people see ads that they. Uh, are interested in they're more likely to watch
1: them now this is internet right Uh,
0: this is is on the internet yeah
1: yeah and I, I think that's you know I think the internet really in my mind doesn't do a good job of doing you know broadcast style ads no, and that's why search-based um, ads are clearly the best ones. So, to some extent, mm, they are targeted. Mm, yeah, well, this certainly, search ads like are targeted,
0: absolutely. Um, but in the yeah. survey, it, uh, I was actually quite interested because uh, you know the the privacy laws in the the EU are quite strict um, compared mm. to what is actually compared to what you can get away with in the US. Um, so, I was quite interested to see that the US residents themselves. They're actually quite concerned with privacy and information about themselves being used by broadcasters or by uh, websites in order to make decisions mm. to advertise to them. So it's more about privacy, I think, than...
1: But this, uh, and this whole the whole behavioural advertising stuff. But this is for display advertising. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly display advertising on the web. I mean, most... I filter it out. You don't even... I don't have a plug-in. I just never look at it. <laughs> well...
0: Do you ever look at the the ads when you do a Google search? Because some of them are actually relevant
1: to you. No, oh, but that's not display ads; that's uh-huh. search based ads. Uh-huh. So you know they're they're relevant. That's a different. You know, if I'm searching for something, I'm obviously ripe for being advertised to mm-hmm. based on what I'm searching for. But if I'm just browsing the web and I get some banner ads, unless it's got something really distinctive, mm-hmm. um, I'm unlikely to uh, take the bait. Let's say. I pr- how many? How often do you click on an ad? In.
0: Mm. I mean, if it's a Google search and it's something relevant to what I'm searching for, then...
1: Yeah, but yeah. not outside of Google search land. If you're, you know, just looking oh, at a web never. page. Almost never.
0: Yeah, almost I'm, never, I'm exactly. You know,
1: one, once a month, maybe, or something.
0: I mean, some of the times ads, especially if you're reading the times in the US, will put stuff mm. on top of the text, so you have to get rid of it in order to read the text. And Oh, those you know.
1: bounce... Yeah, but that's yeah. that's click to get rid of it, rather <laughs> <than> click <laughs> to look and at it. It's click, click the things. Um, but I think, you know, this is the difficult thing about targeted ads. I mean, it's... There's a fine line between being intrusive mm. and being useful, mm. and of course nobody likes the idea that you're being tracked.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I although think it's on funny a side, that, uh... on, although on a <laughs> side point, I have invited you to track me on Google Latitude. <laughs> oh, excellent! We you see. Yeah, you can now find out where I am. I just thought I'd turn that on on my my BlackBerry to see what Fantastic. Uh, see how that works. Because
0: I've got, uh, got another friend, uh, Rob, who I'm tracking on Google Latitude, and we can see where each other's we, <laughs> where each other is. <laughs> it's kind of freaky, it's but.
1: A bit spooky um, but again that's you know i'll just see how i feel about that yeah. um well, i think so, the best quote
0: from this article is uh there is no one answer um but i think it has to do with what some people call the creepiness factor of being tracked so
1: <laughs> which is the whole form thing in the uk as well Yeah, that's to, true and i yeah. died a sad uh, yeah.
0: death didn't it so moving on um We've seen so the, the
1: Amazon Kindle. You reckon it's going to be launched in the UK?
0: Well, that's the rumours. Because uh, next week Would you get one. Is the theory.
1: Yeah. You
0: now I've got a Sony e-reader, which I quite like. Okay. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, as we've said before, the, the 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 difficult part about that is actually getting the content onto the onto the actual device. So
1: right, you got
0: to be you got to go to the Waterstones website, then you got to pay for it, then you got to download it, then you got to load it into yeah, Adobe yeah. thing, and you got to drag it across. Um. Whereas the impression I get from the Kindle is that it's a much more kind of iTunes experience. Where so
1: that's you, probably the tricky part is getting this bundled data service with the device. Uh, which mm, Exactly.
0: Um, so I don't know who would be the rumoured carrier in the UK, but it looks like... Uh, Vodafone apparently Vodafone? is still already running a
1: basic ebook business, Books on Mobile. Hmm, which is um, totally... WhisperNet dull. in the UK. Yeah. Would you
0: read a book on your mobile? I don't think so,
1: but... Well i have read books on uh ancient palm yeah. pilot i had okay um but i mean then you can i think on the uh the amazon one you can get mp3 books as well so you can have the choice of either listening to it or reading yeah. it or whatever so, yeah audio books is called obviously the amazon owns, Audible. Audible owns audible.com as well so uh, that point. yeah cool um but so, still at
0: that point you just download it on your iphone or ipod wouldn't yeah. you? Well,
1: i guess we'll wait and see there and uh I guess yeah, that's the other thing in the UK. The iPhone has gone multi-network this week as well.
0: Oh yeah, it's come out with so uh, is
1: it orange? not just one? It's not O2, it's Orange and Vodafone. Mm-hmm. So everyone oh, wow. everyone gets a, a bite at the cherry, wow, uh, so to speak. Um, so that would mean they're all doing uh, unlimited data plans, which would sit no, in a well thing. with the Kindle product coming in because you know once once you have unlimited data plans available, yeah, then other devices can come off there because they could be yeah. always connected. So I think that's quite exciting. Yeah, yeah. it is exciting. Yeah. Um, now the other thing on content delivery is uh, the Netflix guys. We talked about I don't know which shirt was in. Someone can tell us maybe feedback at onthecouchpodcast dot com. Indeed. About the Netflix prize, where ne- the Netflix prize was where Netflix, who those of you who don't know, provide uh, both uh, I guess snail mail and mm-hmm. um, online viewing for content in the US pretty much exclusively they have a recommendation program where they try and recommend based on what you've Mm. watched or rated Mm. which things you might like um and they produced a sort of set of data and said if anyone can improve upon our current recommendation engine we'll give give you a million million dollars Dollars. fantastic and uh thing i best like about this was the the name of these bunch who won it uh bell cause pragmatic chaos (laughs) team that won um then, I, mean, I, don't uh, quite, I, mean, I think you have to be a uber recommendation geek um, <laughs> I mean a lot of people entered into
0: the, into the competition uh, to try and get the million dollars but it turns out that in the end there was only two or three consortiums of people that were able to work together
1: yeah, uh, and, and these guys, to, these chaos bunch had never actually met before, before they picked <laughs> up their million bucks um, yeah, it's like five awesome. people mm-hmm. um, but they, the way they measured it is some funny search term about it was like they made a 10% improvement over the right um the netflix prize uh, but there's a big hoo-ha going on there about privacy as well because mm-hmm. the data that netflix made publicly available you could and using a number of vectors you could identify who the person was ah, right. by their by correlating the data with you know looking at the public website and stuff like that mm-hmm. so um so yeah, but that's just a it, it, i think it's a very interesting idea but um mm-hmm. second guessing people is going to be quite uh Paul and I also heard in the US that there's a big uh, issue with the, um, I don't know if you've seen them, these red box, you know, they've got these vending machines for package media Right. where you can rent for like a, a dollar a disc and it's pretty much long tail or pretty mm. old stuff. Uh, and the studios are getting a bit edgy about maybe people are just taking it for a dollar and ripping it and sticking it straight on the internet, <laughs> I think. Or, me. You know, revenue shares aren't, aren't you know, it's not, but a dollar is a really low rental charge. Danny's a low rental charge. Yeah um mm. so you have to have a look out for one of those oh, red cool. box it's called yeah. Excellent. um okay uh mobile mm-hmm. now What's i GIF don't know GAF? if you what is gif exactly <laughs> well this is another um obviously we've, we've used the mvno mobile virtual network operator uh-huh. they've been existing for quite a while uh, now gif is a kind of i don't know it's a people-powered mobile network um which is an mvno right which is basically it's kind of uh, a bit open source style so you get out okay. what you put in so i guess right. you know if you volunteer to be on customer services <laughs> and help people you'll get three minutes <laughs> I, I, you know that's the way i'm thinking about it maybe i'm wrong uh, but you know Fantastic. basically you just get the sim card and mm-hmm. the more you put in the less minute it seems a bit weird to be honest um, <laughs> i'm gonna have to look at this that sounds wacky um the giver-taker-talker-maker. That's what it says. <laughs> okay. So the more... It, it's like, you know, there've been other things that failed in the UK before where you, you had to listen to 30 seconds of an advert yeah, before yeah, you could make, make a, a call. call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, do you have to <laughs> answer a customer services <laughs> call before you can make a call? or Solve know, someone else's know. problem and then... <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, like, so you can register interest and they're still trying to work and, and they've got no pricing model. They're clearly going to have to charge something Mm-hmm. um but i guess it's you know, trying to reduce the overheads by having a self-managing system so Very watch cool. out for gif gaff and see if that works anywhere else in the world um mm. look in the show notes if you want to find out more about that they're Indeed. lovingly prepared and handcrafted by Ian. So. absolutely so check it out
0: um yes. so on to gaming news and uh mm. i was there's an article on the psp go which we talked about last week but the actual unboxing yep. and actually seeing what it looks like and uh, as we were saying last week the uh the yeah, Netherlands uh, gaming company uh, We're very happy about it. Uh, and in, also, the uh,
1: games are quite limited as well, aren't they? You can't do any, you can't do multiplayer online gaming and stuff like that.
0: Mm. But I was actually interested in uh, opening it up and uh, seeing what it actually looked like in, in the article. And it's actually mm. kind of cute. Like it's uh, it's smaller, but it's uh, it's a really cute little size. Like it's very much more pocket sized than the original PSP.
1: Mm. It looks a bit like a Helio. I, i've seen some actually some, it does actually like with the slide out keyboard thing yeah because they had the keyboard and a game and different modes mm. of operation depending on which if you slid it the other way because i don't know if you've obviously it's tricky for a podcast but if you slide you slide the screen of this thing up and the game pads appear underneath mm-hmm. i've seen some mobile phone things where if you slid it the other way a keypad would appear kind of thing yeah. so, but um yeah That's it looks a, uh looks all right i mean <laughs> i don't know what, what can i say <laughs> Uh, it's quite it's quite PlayStation centric today's news actually. Mm. Um I updated my PlayStation 3 the other day and got the BBC I player on it, but my oh, cool. Wi Fi my, my network's really slow and they've done, it's quite a nice sparkly user interface now as well. Mm, um, nothing wrong with sparkly crazy. user interfaces. Yeah, it's still the cross media bar, but uh, uh-huh. it sparkles a bit. There you go. Cool. <laughs> that's my, that's what I noticed anyway. <laughs> um and also the PS three are you gonna get you know, we we both sold our PSPs, didn't we, before they yeah. brought out the old the old new one. Yeah. Um I'm kind of tempted, but not that tempted. Uh, by the um, go,
0: I'm not. No. I, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. If they started packaging, you yeah. know, mainstream console games and then a little smaller game you could play portably. Yeah, um, and I still haven't. You remember, there was that one about you could um, look at the the rearview mirror on your form, on your driving game on your PSP. I don't know if that ever happened. I think it was just a. That's an a key. Can't give me would Actually, would you do that? Yeah. Um, yeah, but that would be quite cool to have. You know, mm. a companion to multi-screen gaming. Um, yeah. If that would work. Uh, the other one is this thing looks really weird. This um, uh, the Tokyo Game Show. Uh-huh. Uh, they uh, PS3. I guess it's the response. What's the name of the Microsoft thing that recognises who you are and, and are doing speech recognition and all that kind of stuff?
0: Uh, mm. can you remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> it had <laughs> something not much
1: obvious. There we Um But they've come up with some funny wand which looks a bit dubious, if you ask me. It's like mm. a ping pong ball on the end of a like tennis a, racket handle. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a magic wand for the PS3. Yeah. And it's got and the, the ping motion pong control. ball is actually to track the absolute position, but also give visual feedback by changing colours. Yeah. Right. So it is a light. <laughs> I think. Yeah. It's weird. Okay. Interesting. So that's allegedly they've announced it's definitely going to come out next year. Right. Can and this you will, do this like will make, a, you know, we likey stuff? Okay. Yeah. Uh, to, right. Cool. So keep on gaming everybody Uh, other stuff um, again a little product we talked about many many episodes ago was the Fitbit Mm -hmm. um, which I don't know if you remember was this thing you sort of clip onto you and it it analyzes your movements with a built-in accelerometer and decides how active you are and then you can (laughs) it's more community based and you can share it with other people right you can share Uh, how much uh, you don't move around (laughs) yeah uh, well it's sort of you know you're supposed to wear it 24-7 really and uh, but it actually looks pretty good um, it is now <laughs> shipping in the US uh, obviously um, and you know we'll see because right of often these things they kind of never ship because they have big production problems mm-hmm. or they take mm-hmm. forever and you know, they end up sending you I remember I got a funny bluetooth one-handed keyboard thing and it, <laughs> it was like six months late and then it uh-huh. didn't work they never uh-huh. improved the software and yeah, who it knows where they are now yeah. but uh, they sent me a free t-shirt or something <laughs> So, this, this, um, so this,
0: this is actually shipping. You're saying so.
1: Yeah, apparently, yeah. It's yeah. yeah,
0: a Fitbit. All right. So you well, I see, need to get more yeah. fit. So I maybe I should get a Fitbit. And
1: no, it's preying on your kind of how fit am I compared to other people? Right stuff. Okay. So you so. can compare your are you? You know, there's a bit of a uh, group paranoia. Everyone wonders, are they normal? <laughs> you know, yeah, I, wonder I that all the time <laughs> you and I Ian are not normal, so we know that already. But yes. Um. Um. I mean, to call it a fat bit. That's what I need. Mean. Uh, but. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, and now back to that teaser I mentioned mm. earlier on. Uh, this is the uh, Microsoft apparently uh, have got their Codex prototype, which is a kind of a bit like a book, I suppose. Um, I guess they're saying that you know we can we can have a ta- you know tablet PCs have never really worked. Mm, They've never really
0: taken off, have they?
1: No, because I guess they're just not natural. This is a bit more like a book that you open mm-hmm. out. It's got two screens, and you can. Mm. A bit like the DS, I suppose. Um, mm. Do you still use your DS? Actually, funnily enough, I actually bought it on this trip because I
0: heard about this game called Scribble knots which is supposed to be fun, and then right. failed to find it in the shops. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the thought was there. But um, uh, anyway,
1: this is a bit like a DS in that you've got two touch two screens, screens side yeah. by side. But you yeah. can there's quite a good demo. You'll see it in the show notes where you can sort of use it more like a standard notebook but i'm not sure everyone does use it like you know does anyone actually use a notebook like this It's very convincing when you mm-hmm. look at the video demo you think yeah that's really cool but outside <laughs> yeah. of this, the demo scenario does anyone actually do that kind of stuff
0: well that's the thing um,
1: i actually got one
0: of those um uh, electronic notepad things where you can actually take notes and it records it and you can download it into a computer yeah with a theory that you know when i take notes for meetings and stuff i can send them around to other people mm-hmm. without actually having to you know type them up so them. that was the yeah. theory yeah but in the end the fact that this thing that had batteries in it weighed even more that i had to cut around places i was like well i'll just write it on a bit of paper
1: you know? <laughs> i have seen some stuff with a funky pen and it just uses special paper with micro dots on Ooh. Um, okay. And that's supposed to be do the same thing. But my writing is atrocious. To be honest, <laughs> I can barely read it myself. <laughs>
0: right. So any, um, any hand recognition system is going to struggle.
1: Yeah. So this is, you know, you can inevitably anything you're writing on a tablet it's going to be quite big text. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm prepared to be you know, convinced. But okay. this is it's quite cool gesture based, where you're flicking stuff across from one screen to the other. So you have oh, a, nice. I can that's browse on the left and compose interface. on the right mm. kind of thing.
0: Cool we will have on to maybe. see. That sounds that sounds great. I mean, yeah, watch the, the, video. Soft, um, the Microsoft Surface has actually uh, been more successful, I think, than than people imagined. I was in a I was in a hotel in Chicago a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, on some of the uh, on some of the uh, little cafe coffee tables, table things, yeah. uh, you had the yeah. Surface there, and you could play games and find out information about the hotel and about the city, and uh, and it was actually very cool. It was amazingly responsive. I was. Mm. I was pretty impressed. I've
1: actually. seen it at a demo. It's quite good in but it's it's uh, you know, how different is that from a, like a kiosk application? Yeah, it's pretty you much know? it really. It's, um, it's,
0: a, it's a nice version of that. Yes.
1: Yeah, I mean kiosk could always be better than I mean most of them they're really slow or you end up with a blue screen of death or something and mm-hmm. so good kiosk apps are great. But you know, so anyway, have a look at the video, tell us what you think. Yeah. Feedback at on the couchpodcast.com. Fantastic. And uh, it will be interesting to see what happens there with this? Well, Does it come out? I think you know there will be a tablet coming out. I'm sure Christmas time around there. Whether it's you know rumors about Apple coming mm-hmm. up with tabletty things, or uh, even this Codex product, but Microsoft hasn't been particularly successful with products. Maybe it will be a new Zoom. Who knows?
0: <laughs> Indeed. Well, I think that probably pretty much wraps us up for one one seven. Mm. Indeed. Lots of news this week, and um, yeah, well, look forward to talking to you in one one eight.
1: Indeed. So thanks for listening, everybody. It's goodbye from me, James. And goodbye from Ian. Cheers. Bye.